one. fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> All right, here we are. Sonder Stories, Chapter 17, I think. I'm, I've kind of lost count at this point. No, it's 17. I listened uh, to 16 earlier today. Thank you, You're Caleb. Welcome. Uh, hey. Um, That's what we're, I'm here for. We're, uh, we're live here. For the first time ever, we're doing a remote show here. Uh, we are at BC's Bottle Lodge in Montgomery, and we are joined by Caleb Colbert. What's up? Uh, Jason Parnes. Is it Parnes? It's Parnes. Look Good at that. Job. Uh, Brian Brownlow. Holla. Kenny Jamil. Yep. Kenny yeah. Jamil Perrin. Oh, look the, at that. The okay. K in BCs. The, <laughs> the K in BCs. It's that's silent. Like, it's, it's like the P in swimming. Exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got Chase Legler. What's up? Luke Shropshire. Yo. And we got P&P somewhere back here behind the mics. Hello. Yeah, there, there he is. The man of many words. Distant little cry. That's right. From the corner. Uh, we're here talking today about... Something pretty cool. It was the first collaboration that we ever did, and it was pretty cool and special for me to get to do it with some friends of mine. And um, I'm talking about Buzzword. For those of you that don't know, Bottle Shop Series Beer 2.1. 2.1. 1. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but in a nutshell, there's this really cool idea that uh, the Higher Gravity and BC's Bottle Lodge guys got together and had a cool idea to collaborate not only uh, amongst themselves, but with other breweries in the Cincinnati market. And I think it's a super cool idea. Um, I'm honored that they asked us to be a part of it. And we were able to do something with a beer that uh, is pretty unique and uh, fits our brand as well as all of theirs. So let's just dive right in. I'll let you guys kind of start. Give us a background of of what you envisioned for this Bottle Shop Series beer and, and kind of how it started. What was the inception of it? That's a great question, Justin. <laughs> well, silence is awesome for radio, so if you just want to sit here, that'd be great. So, no, I, I, think, uh, I think it originally started, um, Jason and I bumped into each other at Punch-Out. Stumbled. Stumbled. Yeah, yeah. stumbled. That was probably a more out, accurate yeah. Yeah. description. But it was, uh, what was it, last year's Punch-Out? Uh, two years ago, right? Was it two years ago? Yeah. I, I don't knows. know. It all is kind of blurry at this point. Um, but we just got to talking and we had this, uh, concept where, you know, you see all these collaborations happening with, uh, different breweries and, and we tried to figure out exactly how could we, how could we be a part of that scene, um, being a bottle shop and what we really consider ourselves the, the marketing arm of, of craft beer. Um, and so we just kind of started chatting about 
what we could do and, and approaching different breweries and figuring out, uh, you know, how we could do some, some limited release and really, really cool projects with some, some local breweries that, that we, we have really good relationships with. Yeah, and I think the big thing is we, you, you see all that collaboration with breweries, but you don't always see that on the retail side of things. Um, and, and so we wanted to take it outside of the brewery, even though we go back into the brewery, um, but take it outside of the brewery and extend that to the other piece of the distribution channel for beer. Um, and, and not only does it you know, show camaraderie in the retail side of things, but it allows us to get inside the brewery, which for me is, is like a huge piece of why I got into what we're doing at Higher Gravity, what you guys do at BC is just because I love how beer is made. Um, and it allows us to see the uh, different ways that a lot of breweries do it as well. So um, we get to learn a lot about how the liquid right. gets into the bottles in our shops and, and do it hanging out, drinking beers with, with some friends. So. I think we both businesses started very similarly, too. And I think, you know, sharing that spirit, you know, outwardly is uh, is what we're kind of looking for in, in trying to create some sort of uh, cohesive relationship between retailers, which isn't a thing. Um, it's not. It's, it's actually really uncommon. Yeah. And that's why I think it's super cool. A lot of people talk about playing nice in the sandbox and then nothing ever actually happens with it. And this is a case where it actually did. So I, I think that's a, I think that's a really cool concept. Where do you guys see it, it going from here? Is it something that, is it, is it frequent releases? Is it, how far out mapped out is it? I mean, I think we've, we've pretty much limited it to a, uh, once a quarter that we're going to, we're going to try and release this, uh, bottle shop series. We do have it mapped out, I would say through at least quarter two or three of 2020. Yeah, I would say, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just something we want to explore different styles with different breweries and just show, I mean, I mean, craft beer is all about community, right? Like that's, at least that's what I've taken away a lot with, with my experience and, and just time in craft beer is community is so important and you see a lot of that camaraderie, um, you know, like, like what was stated earlier in, in the brewery form, but you don't see a whole lot on the retailer side. Um, so it's kind of cool to get, get to that point where we can start adding yeah just adding value and adding um you well, know, additional expectations from from us as retailers as to what we're what we're out in the marketplace doing and what we're representing right and i think on top of that there's there's only an upside as far as adding more there's only an upside for adding more retailers as well that are like-minded uh to both of us and i think that's a big that's a big deal for us is creating relationships with other retailers that want to play nice in the sandbox. So I think that's a, that's a big deal for us as well. And, and the cool thing is, and both of, both of y'all's businesses were, were tied into this one as well, but it goes beyond just this bottle shop series beer. Um, you know, Kenny, one thing that, that you were kind of instrumental in, in putting together this year was the IPA Madness, which um, we obviously took part in and were able to take a belt home, which is – Shameless plug there, but um, but you were kind of instrumental in, in putting that together, as I understand, and as we've talked about, and and Jason and Higher Gravity were a part of that as well, and, and something that you have visions for making larger as well. So that's I think it, it goes beyond just what's happening with the Bottle Shop Series beer, but it says a lot about who you guys are as businesses and, and this industry by collaborating with other retailers. Well, I... I, I... I would go on to think bottle shops can easily get overshadowed in this world of like new breweries opening up over and over again, right? Like, I mean, we're we're in the midst of this massive influx of 
uh, manufacturers. You know, one of the big benefits that we have as a bottle shop is that we are able to showcase some of the best and brightest that are coming into this area. And using events like IPA Madness to help create some differentiation amongst these new breweries, you know, it's kind of a proving ground. <clears throat> you know, in its infancy, uh, there's a lot to fix, right? So for next year, I'm looking to go a little bit bigger, a little bit better. You know, I, um, you know, we're talking about doing a blind portion for like the first two rounds. So uh, if I can expand it to eight locations, and then we have these breweries that are able to showcase like who's making the best quality beer in those first two rounds blindly, and then we can kind of unveil like, hey, like, you know, you guys may have, you know, shit on X and Y brewery, but you actually love their beer. So, um, and I, I think that actually does the industry justice. Um, and it's going to be a ton of fun. People like to go out and drink. We just need more reasons to go out and do it. I really can't wait until next year and some other stuff we got brewing. It's up for the bottle shops to be the mouthpiece to help, again, like direct people towards the best quality liquid in the best beer city in the Midwest. It's probably not the United States. I mean, I moved here from Charlotte. We've got a really good scene here. We've seen there. Cincinnati's just blown me away. So... Yeah, um, and by, and getting to do things like this only only strengthen that. Yeah, like absolutely. I get to talk in a microphone on a Friday night or Friday <laughs> afternoon, whatever. What, what time is it? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't even matter, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's always. So this beer buzzword in particular is um, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, very good. I'm we, drinking it right now. Can we talk about how crushable this thing is? Yeah, we sh- we should talk about it. We do have Luke and Chase here who uh, helped make the liquid happen masterminds uh, after after all of us kind of sat in a room and talked about what we wanted this beer to be uh at, at the at the root of it we were just looking for something that uh it was crushable uh was marketable and fun because i think that's that's who we all were so what we landed on uh as a team of you know four different organizations and and uh, a lot of heads in a room, uh, we landed on an IPL, which is an India Pale Lager, which is not common. It's been done, but not overly common. Uh, and then on top of that, we wanted a hazy lager, a New England lager, if you will, because that's, that's fun and, and that's unusual. a buzzword. Trendy. It's a, a buzzword. It's a very unusual. <laughs> double dry hop. And it's double dry hopped. Right. Um, so all of the buzzwords. All of them. And, it's it's and juicy. Then, <laughs> it is juicy. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and then we had to talk Chase and Luke into brewing it. And uh, what, what we got, boys, was something pretty awesome. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about that, about how you came up with what we did for the beer. And, and Chase, I know you're pretty excited to talk about a method that you used on this that you want to educate people on. Um, why don't you just take us into that? Sure. So uh, what we did was uh, took essentially a, uh, a Northeast IPA uh, malt bill and use a traditional German yeast strain for it um, and fermented it at cold temperatures. Um, so we had a grain build that was high in protein um, and let a traditional German lager yeast go at it. The lager yeast that we use does produce quite a bit of diacetyl and uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to mess around with it and do a true traditional Kreuzen to it. So during diacetyl reduction, which diacetyl is a compound that's, I, I talked about it on our podcast before, so you guys got to go back and listen to it. But um, once the uh, diacetyl is produced, uh, the yeast will consume uh, that back in, in, into, uh, 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 will basically just consume it back. Uh, so it's no longer uh, in, in the beer itself. 
So we decided to do a True Croizen with our You Betcha beer. So we had our hazy lager um, basically post-primary fermentation sitting in its diacetyl rest, and we had a uh, scheduled um, You Betcha tank that was going to be essentially in its uh, lower degrees Plato, but high cell count and still very active and lively and healthy yeast, and uh, pitch a little bit of our hazy, of our You Betcha, into the hazy lager, just a small amount. It ended up being, I think, 1.5% of, of the beer itself to hit a certain cell count and let our, our You Betcha yeast strain uh, reduce all the diacetyl. So it was a mixed. So then we had a, a beer that had a traditional lager yeast and a hazy, uh, hazy owl strain. Um, so it was truly a uh, kind of a, a mix of these two completely different uh, beers. Um, also, when we croisened it, we did our first initial dry hop on it as well. So after the croisen was done, after diacetyl passed, uh, we then uh, cooled it to harvest most of the yeast off of it and then did a dry hop with uh, pretty traditional, I would say, hops for this style. Um, the first dry hop and the hot side for the Whirlpool was a mixture of Saz and I think, I'm not sure that that is. Citra. Was it Citra? Well, the, second, the, dry, the first dry hop was Saz and Citra. Was Whirlpool Saz and Citra as well? I thought it was Saz and... I think we went more traditional with the Whirlpool. Yeah. I think it was Saz and some other... Maybe Hollertown Middlefrew. Yeah. But anyways, um, then the first dry hop was Saz and just a touch of Citra. Just, just a very small amount, mostly Saz. And then we did a, a bigger dry hopping uh, for the primary second dry hop with uh, Azaka, Eldorado, uh, Mosaic, and something else. Maybe Citra? Um, no, probably not such a It was um, Denali. Denali, that's right. Oh, okay, I was missing one. Uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a fun beer. I think it turned out really well. It definitely has a lot of fruit aromatics to it. But it's interesting as the base of it uh, being fermented with lager yeasts, it still shows. It's kind of it's clean, and you get the bitterness, and you get all the ar- aromatics of it, but it kind of finishes cleaner than what is expected from such a heavy dry hop uh beer yeah it's still got a little sweetness to it mm-hmm. um it's, it's cool because it is a true hybrid beer um uh, because we did use two yeasts as, as chase had already mentioned um and so that that's pretty difficult to do um to go back if people were understanding what croizen means um it basically what we're doing is we're taking actively fermenting beer and then blending it with a other beer and letting that actively fermented beer that we just pitched kind of finish off the remaining residual sugars um so that's kind of well when we did that with our you betcha that helped us get that haze characteristic um i don't really think we could have maybe gotten this big of a haze without having a second pitch of yeast on top of it um but uh but yeah yeah, it's cool stuff. I think it's fantastic. It's good. It's good. I really like it because it doesn't, um, it doesn't like crush your palate. Like it's something you can keep drinking, and you don't, you don't get that exhaustion that you do with maybe some other similar style beers, right? Like I know there's some some big double dry hopped and hazy IPAs where you drink one of them and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I can do another one of those. And I feel like I can continue to drink these. And you get the very clean flavor from that lager yeast, but you can absolutely taste, I can taste mosaic hops, which is one of my favorite to use, and that is 
that's what's shining through, and it's awesome. I just want to want to thank Jason and Luke here for for kind of pushing us on this IPL thing. When when the idea of an IPL was first brought up to us, I was like, "Holy shit, are we actually going to do this?" Uh, <laughs> because I cannot sell an IPL in my store, and I've tried it before, and we've brought them in because they are like a unique. There, it's a unique style of beer that I don't think a lot of people. It, it doesn't. Uh, attract a huge market of people but I think once people have this and we tell them and it's an IPL people are going to be a lot more open to, to giving IPLs a try again because this is unlike any anything that I've had before um, and again it does not wreck your palate it's not something that a a lager drinker is going to turn off it's not something that an IPA drinker is going to turn off from um, so I think we've kind of crushed it there and yeah and like more importantly like I mean the IPL has been unsexy for since it's like inception, it seems. So just kind of like how with IPA drinkers, um, the New England was kind of presented as an option for people that don't like IPAs but want to try something that's crushable and palatable. So I can see this easily becoming a trend with Chase kind of divulge, Chase and Luke kind of divulging kind of the whole process where we'll be able to see the IPL go the distance that it was kind of meant to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll follow with that. I mean, I think uh, IPLs had their, their their spotlight when founders did uh, Dissenter for the first time, and I remember that being a mind blowing beer. Um, but then they it's a Cummins driving by. <laughs> but um, but then but, we're we're live and outside right sorry. now. This idea was awesome idea. Wait till the ambulances show up. You know that beer came out, it did its thing, and I think it made a pop, and then it just kind of faded from there. And um, you know why not ride the logger train? I mean, Chase knows what he's doing with his loggers, and why not keep up with it? And you know we definitely both know how to do hazies, so why not blend both of them together? So I mean, this was kind of a it was a fun thing to do because you know with the collab. It's got to work for both parties. And so when we, you know, when Chase and I were sitting down and we're talking about it, we're like, well, we both love lagers. We both kind of love hazies. Let's just do it and see what happens. And we had a really good lager strain rolling already that had a nice multi characteristic to it already, which really kind of contributes to the beer that we have. And it just, it, it really just, it all played out very, very well. Well, and then, and then to kick it up a notch, one of the things we did, so this will come out, PNP, we're going to probably release this podcast. Next week. Yeah, so next week, so it will probably, for those listening, more than likely they will have missed out on this opportunity by the time they hear this podcast, but one of the things we decided to do as a, a group of, you know, a dozen people was, hey, for those that, that don't think IPLs are sexy, let's, let's drive them there with a variant. And so um, we, we cut up some mangoes, pureed some mangoes, and threw them in a few kegs for a limited release, one at each location. And what came out of that, I'll be honest with you, is really surprising to me. I had no idea what to expect. And it's, it's basically like a mango smoothie. Brian, you said that it is. when we it pulled is a mango up. Smoothie. It's like a mango smoothie. I would, I would like to, to say I'm, I'm disappointed by the picture that you used for that post. I feel like there was a better one that you could have used. Uh, blame that on PNP. Danny, right. Danny. PNP, I feel like there was a better picture out there that you had access to. That one was kind of boring. I sent him all the photos. Uh, so You missed, the, one that you missed the good one. <laughs> the one that you're referring to looks like you want to murder somebody. That's, so that's exactly it. A favor here. Have, have you ever cut a mango before? <laughs> Do you know how insanely aggravating cutting a mango is? Well, so, it's, it's funny that you say that because, because 
uh, Danny was saying that that after he made that post, there were like trolls on on social media that were like trying to tell us how we should be cutting the mangoes. I saw that. You should use a pint glass and scoop the uh, <laughs> skin away from the fruit. Technically, I have no comment. No. <laughs> Apparently, we're doing it wrong. Apparently, we need to show what the the beer actually looks like now because it looks like. I thought it needed to be like poured off a little bit more because it does look like a mango it fruit smoothie. It looks like a fruit smoothie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought we thick. needed to, to drain the line a little bit more. It's only 10% mango. So it's, and it is. It quick, is. Quick shameless plug here, too. So uh, Justin mentioned that uh, it'll probably be gone by the time this podcast runs out. Well, actually, Higher Gravity is holding on to their keg. Nice. Because our uh, two year anniversary will be on August 9th and August 10th. So Perfect. if you do hear this podcast and you missed it at BC's and you missed it at Sonder, come on out to higher gravity. So that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's, it's upside down. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. your guys are on top of it. I, I rolled mine a little bit before it, we tapped it. It is 10% mango. I think we're going to go in there every 16 hours and shake it up a little bit. It will settle. <laughs> it, it looks like it's 10,000% mango. <laughs> it it kind of, when I first poured it, it reminded me of that, uh, there was a there was a platform beer that was like super thick. What was that? What was that sour that they originally did? Ah, I don't know what it was. Banana guava or something ridiculous know. like that. But it was banana just, berry. I mean, it poured like yeah. it poured. It, it pours like any. It pours like any slow and beer that they overfruit thick and fermented in your lines. Yeah, Luke Luke was asking me about the uh, the strength of the mango, and he's like, you know, these guys are going to be beer geeks about it. Just gonna send it and like do it, man. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they came up with a they came up with a benchmark, and what was the benchmark? It was way less than that. Uh, it was it was like eight, it was about eight percent. Okay, seven eight percent. Well, that seven eight percent they come up, and, and Chase is like, "What do you think of this?" I'm like, "I think it tastes great, man." He's like, "Need more mango?" I'm like, "Nah, tastes great." I go downstairs and he's like. Luke added more mango. I'm like, Son of a bitch, that thing's gonna be like a mango smoothie, which is exactly what it is. I, I think it's fun. It's, I think it's delicious. It's super cool, yeah. right? Like it's, it's it really good. Awesome. You would you would never guess that that beer was a lager. No. That's true. You would never guess that. That's true. Um, and I think that's I think that's what's really cool about it is there's you're blending styles that that work. You're Frankensteining them, right? Like I mean, you just put them together and they're totally. fantastic. It's definitely a Frankenstein. It's, it's like a cuvee. It is a little bit. It's so. like a mango smoothie and beer. Yeah. Uh, Cuvated. Delicious. So Chase and Luke are Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> I know. Oh, can know you make that the intro? Poisoning a, a lager with a crazy yeast like the Are You Betcha in House Yeast Strands. Didn't think we'd ever do that, but we did it. <laughs> that Mustang won't go. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of reverb on that uh, Mustang. <laughs> Yeah, you may want to say that again because Homeboy and the Mustang did not want you to be able to get that out. Mustangs. Usually, no, never mind. Uh, (laughs) Here, I thought it was Camaros. Yeah, I never imagined that we'd be having a uh, a traditional lager yeast strain and then croising it with uh, such a a crazy yeast uh, that's in our Uvecha. So it was was fun to do. I mean, dry happening, croising like that, and it was just kind of crazy. And then then we not only did we – Decide on this beer, and by the way, I, I snuck up to get everyone refills, so if this has been talked about while I was up from the table, I apologize. Somebody throw something at me, and we'll move on, but we decided, right. we decided, <laughs> we decided to, uh, to, to continue on with what you guys had done with, with Bottle Shop Series 1 uh, and package it, and we put it in four-pack 16s, and it's available at 
higher gravity and both BC's locations and in our tap room for twelve ninety nine, um, which is a great price point. Yeah, I would agree. A, I think that's a type killer of beer price that point. it is. For what it is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is that something in in your all's mind as far as this bottle shop series beer moves forward? How important is that relationship between making sure that it's available on draft at your locations and also having the ability to take it home and, and be able to share it? I mean, I think it's really important, right? Like, I mean, you want to be able to serve it at your location, right? So people can try it because you're throwing something completely new at them. Um, so you want to give them the opportunity to try it. We all know how good it is. Yes, we can hand sell some stuff, but people just like to taste things. Um, and then giving them the opportunity to take it home, I think, is is key to the, the bottle shop series. I mean, that's what we do as a bottle shop, right? Like, we supply both the, the carryout, um, but then also the taproom draft experience as well. Yeah, and I think um, not everyone's going to be able to make it to a taproom or to our bottle shop to try this out. Um, and as anyone who's listening to this podcast will know. Or if anyone, they can hear it amongst the crotch rockets and Mustangs driving through. Live on Montgomery. <laughs> it's not as bad as Northside. 530. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so anyone listening to this podcast, anyone sitting on this table, you know people, people go searching around at their local bottle shops just to go trade it and take it to their friends in other states. Um, and, and taking a beer like this from a local brewery in Cincinnati really helps put Cincinnati on the map because, as, as Kenny mentioned earlier, Cincinnati, in a lot of our opinions, has become one of the best beer cities in the United States, um, and, and there's no better way to show that off than to take the beer outside of where we're at and, and compare it to you know, other cities, other states' beer, too. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, and that's the goal, right? The hope is that that consumers purchase this beer, keep a couple for themselves, and then and then share it and share it broadly and trade it or do whatever they want to do with it. And then that 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 gets people trying our beer that otherwise don't have the ability to do so. Yeah, people people are going to try this beer if they get it from out outside the state. And when they come to visit Cincinnati, they're going to want to come to Saunder. They're going to want to come to BCs and Higher Gravity just because it it's a damn good beer. And, and people like it that much, they're honking at it. So it's, <laughs> they're honking for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up with something that uh, we've done on our podcast. So the, the Sonder crew that's at the table most have answered this question, but I want to hear it from you guys. Uh, by the way, this is completely off the cuff. These guys have not been prepped with this question. So how they answer is uh, unthought. So it's, it'll be pretty uh, impromptu and probably pretty real. So, what, you get one beer the rest of your life to drink. Oh, this, what is it and why? You get one beer the rest of your life. I can go first because it's easy for me. Okay, uh, it's Ghost of the Machine from Parish Brewing. Okay, why? Because it is it is the first beer that I think I ever had that was damn near perfect. And I it is drink, a great beer. I could drink a lot of them, right? Like it, I, there are certain beers out there that I love, but I know I couldn't drink more than 10, 16 ounces of it, and I'd just be like, Ugh, I can't do any more of this. That beer I could crush, and it's just it's delicious. I'll accept that answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, for Kenny. Accepting. What about you, homeboy? I feel like this question is because of me, uh, because I told you my Desert Island beer was uh, Zauber from Sonder. I, I have heard that. Um, it is a Zvickel Lager. It's um, it is one of the. I haven't even been coached into this, guys. Um, it is probably one of the near perfect beers that I've had. Um, something that I could drink day in and day out and really not have to think about it. It's clean, crisp. It's got a lot of character. I just enjoy it so much. 
Um, every time I've had it, it just kind of rocks my world. So um, Chase, that's a shameless plug. Chase is going to have to excuse himself for a minute. <laughs> hey, man, I, I got some towels from in the back. A chubby right now. So. Clean up. <laughs> You're welcome. There's there's a pretty awesome story. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this. Do you if, think Kenny wants that payment in cash or <laughs> like a check? You think a check will work? I honestly didn't. I honestly didn't place that. Brought to you um, by Sonder Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a pretty a pretty funny story. Um, I'm gonna I, I made sure that I placed this at a point where if if afterwards you want us to edit this out, PNP can probably do that. But it's pretty funny. We were when we were at Punch Out. Uh, we were in the, in the VIP tent, and we were all having a pretty good time. And Kenny pulls Chase outside outside the VIP tent, and they they were away for like twenty five minutes, and came back in, and we're all you know we poured some beers and we're we're drinking them. And Chase goes, "I like that Kenny guy." Like, yeah, dude, Kenny's my boy. He's awesome. Forty five seconds later, Chase turns his back. Kenny walks up to me, and Kenny goes, "I like that Chase guy, man." I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes. I kind of embarrassed myself, though. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? And Kenny goes, I actually cried. And I was like, what do you mean you cried? He goes, I don't know why. It was, I was like overcome with emotion, and I, I told him his beer is so good it makes me cry, and then I cried. Don't cut it. But did you? But it happened. It was real. So good. But, I, got, I got pretty emotional about it. Like, there's... So the lager has gotten really just like not the respect that it needs. I mean, period. I would agree. Not yeah. It's just not. Doesn't, and um, you know, we we've, we've been blessed and with like you guys have two probably the best brewers in Cincinnati. I'm I'm going to put that out there for myself. Luke and Chase have done a lot to help push the envelope uh, with a spirit of tradition with like the nuance of innovation. Um, I think that you guys managed to capture that spirit well. Um, but you know, like as I ebb and flow between like what's new and great and what's traditional and delicious, like I, I, I'm always satisfied when I enjoy one of your beers. And again, this is a shameless plug. Like I'm not like trying to, you know, but I really do appreciate the job that you guys do. Um, you guys are truly inspired and, um, I think that shows in your product. Just don't so, cry again. I <laughs> I'm not nearly as drunk as I was at Punch Out. <laughs> but um, Chase, how did you react to that? They, hu- they uh, hugged. It was like yeah, it was we hugged. Hug. I mean, like I was, I, I think I was, I was there for maybe 15 minutes. So I had maybe a beer or two. But I, I felt his his passion and his sincerity, and I was like, man, I love this guy. Like, hug it out. They shared tears together <laughs> in, in, in a warm, in a warm embrace. It, it, it was fun though, and and I know that I know you well enough to know how sincere that is. So I, I appreciate you saying that. And I know these I know these guys do too. All right, Jason, you're up. One beer, rest of your life. Yeah, I'm gonna sound like a complete homer here, but uh, Urban Artifacts Key Punch. I just something about Key Lime, and I could. <laughs> I really thought he was gonna say Zauber. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Zauber's all around. For for those of the, for those of first. you that don't know uh, the idea of why he's saying a homer, uh, higher gravity's right down the street from where yeah, we're, Urban Artifact is, so it's almost like a, we're two blocks from Urban. Yeah. and honestly, like even before uh, Urban came out with that, uh, Westbrook had their their Key Lime Goza, which I could which crush. is one of my favorite yes. beers. Uh, 
but just like the availability of it in the summer and the fact that I can literally put down 12 of them and still keep drinking. Now I'm worried in like 10 years, once I, you know, my metabolism and whatever gives away on me and that acidity starts stacking up. I don't know if I'll be able to handle it on a desert Island, but for, for right now, that is something, especially in the summer at a pool on a boat, uh, literally sitting out on a deck, I could pound as many as I want and keep going with the day. Cause it's only 4% alcohol too. So just need to create a Tums on that desert. I'm good for right now, but in 10 years, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nexium. Is it a desert island or a desert island? It, it depends where you're from. Okay. I'd accept either, actually. <laughs> so, I'd prefer the dessert. <laughs> I would prefer the dessert island, too. No, I it, can only it's imagine. A, it's, it's an incredibly refreshing beer. It's, especially if you're on a, de- a desert island. It'd be fantastic. All right, Caleb, you're up. <laughs> beer for the rest of your life. What is it? I've got two, but it's for the exact same reason. Okay. Uh, Two-Hearted because of Centennial Hops. Yes. And uh, Yellow Rose because of Mosaic Hops. They're both heavily hopped with two different hops that are both fantastic. And I can't... You need to find a beer that's the perfect equilibrium of Centennial and Mosaic Hops. I know. And that's your dessert island. That's my dessert island beer. (laughs) I think I we have our next collab beer. Dessert Island. Dessert yeah, Island. Absolutely. Yes. Dessert Island. I can't help Centennial it. and Mosaic Hopped <laughs> IPA. Do you guys want to do that? Do we want to do that? I just asked you. Yeah, are we going to do Bottle Shop Beer Series 3? Point two. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to add a number to each one. Yeah. The numbers don't mean anything, really. Yeah, 5.9. Uh, um, thank you, guys. This has been a lot of fun for us. And Are you trying to end this? Well, I, mean, I figured we could sit here and talk for hours. I mean, we can keep going if you you'd can like. make this into multiple shows. All their subscribers I mean, I've got go a, away. I've got a face for radio, so we can talk all day. <laughs> we we just got to get you up to uh, up to the brewery when we do one of our podcasts there. All right, and uh, and uh, out, the out of, out of the traffic. The Mustangs. That's right. I was looking around like they've got to be one around here soon. Um, but this was a lot of fun for us. It was it was cool for us as a team for the brewery for me personally like i said and i I think i've shared with each of you it's it's really neat for us that this was our first collaboration um that it it was something that we got to we got to really showcase what our brewers are capable of doing and we we also got to work with friends and people that had an open mind on doing something a little out there well i I appreciate you guys taking a chance right like because i don't this, this certainly wasn't something normal um and and i appreciate you guys like kind of giving it a go and and nailing it like i mean yeah i agree they nailed, nailed it. it great job guys it's, well it's out there sometimes becomes innovation and That's i think true. this is uh this was a crazy idea but one that need to be done why it's, not us it's cool if we uh if we rebrew this beer i think i think the other thing that that we've kind of glazed over a little bit with this um is that the brand it's really marketable the brand is fun uh, the can is really cool. The can is the can really is cool. Awesome. Um, Jen did a great job designing that. If anyone's wondering, it's not brewed with raspberries. It's not, <laughs> just, it's not brewed you, with raspberries. How do you spell, how do you raspberry? spell a raspberry? Uh, yeah. Drop the P. Yeah. Raspberry. Yep. Not raspberry. Not rasp. rasp. You've got to put a Z in there, and then it's fine. <laughs> Razzy. There's an inside joke there. If anybody wants to know, you should probably come to Higher Gravity or BCs and ask them about it. Yeah. It's a good and, joke. And they'll, yeah. uh, they'll tell you about that. We'll be there. <laughs> they'll be there. But if we brew it again, uh, which which we might, because again, it's it's a great beer. 
uh, we should really we should really like brand it up, do T-shirts, glassware, all that stuff. I, I think I think, that'd I think be it's awesome. really marketable. Yeah. It's a really cool beer. No, I, I think the logo with it is is fantastic. Yeah, I think you could do a lot of that. And and again, not to beat a dead horse, and and we'll kind of wrap up with this, but. I, I see you like you want to make a joke over there. I, I did. Just, I, I know I usually, you. Well, I know you too well. There's an inside joke there. There's an inside, inside joke, joke there. It's, we'll leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Um, anyway, not to <laughs> not to, not off to go there with it. Um, <laughs> just add off. <laughs> I think I feel like we're we're quickly sliding <laughs> off the rails, so I'm going to try to make this fast. But um, I just love the collaboration behind it uh, between between the bottle shops and the breweries. So as much as we can continue to, 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 to foster that relationship, I think the better for the entire Cincinnati beer community. So we'll continue to, uh, to foster that as much as we can. But um, cheers to you guys, to, to Higher Gravity and Northside. How do people follow you, Jason, if they want to know what you guys are carrying, what you're doing? Uh, what's going on at Higher Gravity. Yeah, so you can just follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Higher Gravity. Um, we post all of our new arrivals every week, uh, so everything's on there, all of our events. Uh, Instagram's probably where you'll get most of what we do, though. And and uh, BC's, you fellas? Uh, uh, there's Instagram, two locations. Facebook, there's... Twitter, there's two locations. They are separate uh, follows. Uh, so BC's Bottle Lodge Liberty, BC's Bottle Lodge Montgomery. Follow them both on all those, those venues. I mean, we, we post pretty much constantly and we're we're both higher gravity and bcs we're both on untapped even though i know kenny yes hates it but kenny is the anti-social media the knbc unless it's zopper all right he did start a you cannot become a better person in my mind kenny kenny started a zopper fan club page like five seconds ago so if you're interested in zopper x untapped zopper for life I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to close this podcast down. We're going to have a few more beers and hang out. And Kenny and Chase are just going to go away yeah. somewhere and just hang out. They're we'll, going to talk about how we'll much see they in like hate half social media and how much they love loggers. Kenny will be wiping tears away from his eyes. And then and then hug in a warm embrace. I need another beer. Oh, I crap. Somebody, beer. somebody pour a little beer in his glass because we have to toast, and Chase won't let us toast with an empty beer. Uh, that's bad luck. Well, that's bad luck. That is bad it, luck. It is bad luck. I've also I've also noticed that, but I uh, wasn't going to say anything. Hey, uh, <laughs> cheers to you guys! Cheers to BCs to cheers to Saunders. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Sounders. 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 Sounders.